Amen. Good morning, Fountainhead. Everybody good? The great I am, huh? What about that? We serve an amazing God, don't we? I mean, this picture, it's uh, powerful, you know, and it like booms out at you, but that's how great our God is. He is great. He is marvelous. He does amazing things over and over in our lives if we just sit and think about it. This morning, I want to talk and continue this series that we just started last week on the I Am Discovering Who Jesus Is. If you would, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is where we'll be. Uh, Doug just read the verse that says, I am the bread of life. We're discovering who Jesus is throughout the book of John, and we come to this scripture in uh, John chapter 6, verse 35, which says that Jesus is the bread of life. In the context, Jesus is coming off of a miracle of feeding 5,000 people. And He tells those coming to Him that they didn't come to Him to seek Him or because they saw signs, but because they ate loaves and were filled. The beauty of Jesus, and we got to realize this, and we have the ability to do this too, brethren, but the beauty of Jesus is this is how He teaches. He takes people right where they're at. He takes them right where they're at and He leads them right where they need to be. But then He stops. Because then the decision becomes ours, and in the context, theirs, to listen to what He says and apply it to their life, right? To follow Jesus or not. After this conversation that we'll study today, many of the disciples that were following Him left and didn't follow Him anymore. So a very hard saying for some of these that were following Jesus before. But in John chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set His seal on Him. They say to Jesus, well, uh, what shall we do that we may do the works of God? And in verse 6 and 29 it says, Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in Him whom He sent. That you believe in Him whom He sent. The Jews then reply, Well, what sign will you perform so we may see and believe? What sign are you going to show us? You know... Uh, our fathers were given manna and it came down from heaven and uh, we ate it. They ate it in the desert. And I want to start in verse 32. Jesus answers them when they said that and He says, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. 
and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. I'm the bread of life. You see me, and you don't believe. I want us to think about the importance of the bread of life. I want us to just think about this for just a little bit. And I want us to do it in these points that I've developed. The first one being this. Where did the bread come from? Where did this bread come from? And I want you to see how Jesus sets this up. Start back in verse 27. And I'm just going to bounce around, so just come with me through these verses. But start in verse 27. Jesus says, and I just read it, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set His seal on Him. And then in verse 32 He says this, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. And then look at verse 33. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven. And then look at verse 34. They say they want this bread. Give us this bread always. In verse 35 He says, I am the bread of life. And look at verse 38. For I have come down from heaven. Now look at verses 41 and 42. Watch what the Jews do with this. Here he is claiming that this bread from heaven is him. And in verse 41, the Jews complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And then they said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph? whose father and mother we know, how is it then that He says, I have come down from heaven? But see, Jesus doesn't stop right there. Watch what He does in verse 46. He says, Not that anyone has seen the Father except He who is from God. He has seen the Father. And then in verse 50 He says, Thus is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of and not die. And then he says in verse 51, and I'm doing this on purpose, just hang with me, brethren. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And in verse 58 he says, this is the bread which came down from heaven. Now, a man that makes that kind of claim in just a little portion of a speech to somebody is crazy, aren't they? To actually say that you're a person that has come down from heaven. Either you're crazy, you're a deceiver, or you're a false prophet. But Jesus says, I didn't come into existence here. You remember they asked, isn't this Jesus is the one that Joseph and and Mary's kid, Isn't, isn't that who this Jesus is? You know, Jesus didn't come into existence here on earth. No, He came down from heaven. John 3.13, and we talked about this last week. But no one has ascended to heaven but He who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. It goes back to just what we talked about last week, talking about Him being the I Am. And the encouraging thing and the unbelievable thing is that the bread of life, Jesus, has come down from heaven to earth for a purpose. Jesus says, I am 
the bread of life. So we see where he's come from. But what's so special about the bread? What's so special about this bread? Jesus makes it clear that he is the one sent from God to give anyone who believes eternal life. He is the only bread of God. The only living bread. The only bread of life. See, these people were talking and they were thinking about bread and being filled. So what does Jesus do? He runs with where they're at. And he uses it to his advantage when he preaches. And now he's using the understanding that they know to bring him, bring them to him. He is the source of life to the world. So really, when we think about it, I am the bread of life could be referred to this way. I am life. Look at what Jesus says. And you know, I don't feel as bad as I used to uh, when I start getting a little bit repetitive in what I'm saying. Because when you look at this sermon from Jesus, He is very repetitive. Watch what He does. Start back in verse 27. Remember, He says, do the works. And if you do the works, He says, uh, but labor for the food that brings you everlasting life. Look at verse 35. He says, I am the bread of life, and he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Look at verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 47. It's just continuous, y'all. Verse 47, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Verse 50, this is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. Verse 51, I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Verse 54, he has eternal life and will be raised up at the last day. In verse 58, he says it again. And he finishes that verse by saying, he who eats this bread will live forever. Is that, is that important to what Jesus is trying to teach? Absolutely. The question had been brought up a long time ago, and I just can't figure it out. I understand maybe the concept of why the question was asked, but it just makes no sense to the Scripture. Would you follow God if there was no promise? Would you just follow Him just to follow Him? Think about it. I would have to say no. And here's why I would say it. Because this is something that He does promise. He wants us to have it. And He says, follow me and I want to give you this. When you take that away, you take away what Jesus came for. We take away what He came to do. He says, follow me and I will give you everlasting life. Over and over and over He says this. So repetitive for a specific reason. What's so special about the bread of life? You get to live forever. Forever. 
And I know sometimes we just, yeah, I know, Matt, I, I know we live forever. But brethren, that's a really big deal. Tonight I encourage you to come back because we're going to talk about Psalms 39 and we're going to talk about life being just a vapor because that's all it is. It's here and it's gone. And you don't know when it's going to be over. But if you're ready, if you're prepared, Jesus being so repetitive in the thought that we get to live forever, that outweighs this little short time that we have on earth and it should change who we are from the inside. Amen? So we know where the bread comes from. It comes from heaven. And what the bread does for us, it gives us eternal life. But really, what is the bread? Yeah, Matt, it's Jesus, I know. But boy, it's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. It's not just Jesus the person. It's Jesus' life. It's His life. Look at this scripture. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, having died to sins, we've died to sins if we're in Christ, brethren, might live for righteousness. Ask yourself this question. Are you living for righteousness? Do you know the right things to do and you just don't do it? <laughs> Boy, this is a good, a, a, a good a thing to remind you, this last comment. By whose stripes you were healed. By His stripes, by His willingness, by His want to, by His desire, by nothing is going to stop me from completing this mission, we have been healed. He came to give Himself up and die for us so we could live forever. Jesus is saying, you must not only accept the person that I am, that I came from heaven, that I've always been, but you also got to accept that I died for you. See, we can believe that Jesus is from the beginning and He's... Uh, through eternity, and He's Almighty, and that is absolutely what we have to do. But unless we believe in His sacrifice on the cross at Calvary, we can't be saved. Amen? If we don't believe that Jesus came and died on that cross for us, then you don't get the whole picture. That's why the Lord's Supper is so important. Look at, verse, look at verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. In verse 52, the Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They could not understand what he's talking about. And then Jesus continues in verse 53, he says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You ain't got no life.
Those who partake of the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner are remembering the Lord's death every time we assemble. We realize that His body was hung on the tree and His blood was shed to cleanse us. By His stripes, we're healed. So what is the bread? The bread is His life. We not only worship Him for who He is and where He comes from, but we worship Him because He was the sacrifice for our sins. And He took our place because He loves us. Brethren, if you've got some time to study on this, I encourage you to open your Bibles throughout the week and look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 through... Keep reading. Listen to what this says. For it pleased the Father, it pleased Him, that in Him all the fullness should dwell. And by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Now watch what Paul says. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works... Yet now He has reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present, brethren, look how we are presented, holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. Tell me that ain't awesome. God Almighty, I'm presented holy and blameless and above reproach. Why would I want to disrespect that? Why would I want to live in such a way? Why would I want to disrespect taking the Lord's Supper? Why would I not want to eat of this and drink of this? I know, Matt, I've heard it a million times. We eat His flesh or we eat the bread because He's the one who nourishes our soul. Through His Word, we gain strength. Amen? We drink the blood in the fact that we accept His sacrifice as the one that took our place. Here's the amazing thing. When you're in Christ, you have the ability to be cleansed from all unrighteousness. That blessing don't come to people who are outside of the body. Why would I live in such a way to disrespect that? Man... I'm just going to live in such a way and then you know what? I'll ask for forgiveness and it'll be good. God will forgive me, right? Hebrews tells us if we go on sinning willfully after we've understood the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains what? A sacrifice for sin, but a fearful expectation. God loves us so much that He came to give us a full and abundant life. If we don't live in such a way to bring glory and honor in that, how do you think it makes Him feel? Why do we partake of the Lord's Supper every Lord's Day as the Bible commands us? Because we believe in Jesus. 
And we never want to forget it. Amen? I don't ever want to forget what He did for me. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's what I know. That's what I want to talk about. If somebody wants to talk to me right now about Jesus, I'm going to tell them what He did for them. He's given you the opportunity to be right. You personally. Brethren, when we walk around understanding what Jesus did for us, we should have some pep in our step, right? There should be some pep in our step. This is not something to be sad about. This is something to be really excited about. We should have a pep in our step and we should be able to walk and say, hey, I want to give you a little bit of insight on somebody who can save you, who can make you right, who can make you clean, who can make you special. But how do we partake of it? And I'm about done. How do we partake of it? Look at verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. How do we come to the Lord? We're called by the gospel, aren't we? We're called by the truth and we understand what it means, and by doing that we come to understand what He wants for us, which goes right into verse 40. He says, And this is the will of Him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. I want to be raised up on the last day, amen? There is a last day coming. Whether we want to realize it or not, whether people want to act like it's not coming, it's coming. And I want to be a part of those who are raised up. Amen? But he says, not only do you come to Him, but you got to see Him. Well, I can't see Jesus, Matt. Absolutely you can't. But you can spiritually. You can be careful to understand what God says. And when you dig into God's Word, you are exposed to the truth. And then he says, not only do you see it, but you believe in Him. By believing what He says and doing it, see, there's the key. A lot of people miss that one. Oh, I just believe and I'm good. No. No. Faith without works is dead. But by believing what He says and doing it, we eat His flesh and we drink His blood. Because remember, the bread is Him. But I want you to focus in on this, verse 56. Yes, in verse 53, he's talking in reference to the Lord's Supper that will come later. But now we're talking spiritual, and he says that the bread is my flesh. Look at verse 56. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Watch what Paul does in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, 
I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I'm a changed person. I'm different. I no longer live for myself. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by faith in Him. Because I'm abiding in what He tells me to do. I'm drawing closer to Him in everything that I say and everything, in every action that I do, in every uh, move that I make. He who eats this bread will live forever. It's not enough to just come and hear and admire Jesus. We have to receive what the Lord tells us to do and then do it. John 1.12 says, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. And Acts 2.41 brings this point even closer for us. Then those who gladly received His word, they had the right, were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. See, the Bible says, for as many as receive what they say, now they have the right. Women received the right to vote. I don't know the date on that, but there was a time when women could not vote in America. And they received the right to vote. But when they received that right, it didn't mean that they'd already voted, did it? It means they received the right, so they had to still go and vote. Same concept. You receive the right to be a child of God, but it doesn't happen until the action takes place. For as many of those as received it were baptized and were added to the body. So just as the Israelites received manna from the sky and it came down to physically feed them, while that miracle was great and, and something unbelievable, Jesus is the only way we have a chance to live eternally. He's the only way we will not die spiritually. So here's the question for today. Want to know how you can tell? Two questions, actually. You want to know how you can tell if someone is eating of the bread of life and wants to live forever? Here's how you can tell if they're doing this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Hey, is that what you're about? Is that what you're doing? Because if that's what you're doing, you're partaking of this bread. You're doing what Jesus said. You understand you have forgiveness of sins. You understand that His promise is for everlasting life. And you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. I love you, brethren. Appreciate you very much. Thank you for uh, you listening to me. Maybe somebody here this morning is struggling with something. Maybe somebody here needs to become a child of God. Jesus died for you, and we just talked about it. He's the bread of life. He's the one who can let you live forever, but it only comes through Him. The Bible says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The only way to get to heaven is to be in Christ, is to be in the body. 
And we just read in Acts 2.41, those who understood what Jesus did for them, they received those words to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. They did it and they were added to the body. You could be added today. Have your sins washed away. Be white as snow. Maybe you need prayers. Whatever your struggle is, don't wait. Don't put it off. Jesus said, be ready. He don't even know when the hour's coming. It could come at any time. Whatever you need, come right now together we stand and sing.